Hey, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlight. This episode has been brought to you by the Task Reduction System. Learn to reduce your work hours by half without playing catch-up on the weekend. So the Task Reduction System is for you if you are working far too much in your business and in life, and you're feeling overextended with no time for yourself. If you are struggling with guilt and anxiety, if you're confused about how to prioritize and where you should be spending your time, if you're doing everything in your business but your business is not advancing, the task reduction system is the perfect system for you. Learn to identify, label, organize, and schedule in your tasks and create more time and space for yourself. All the details are available at rawrawconsulting.com. There's a direct link in the show notes. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show. Lauren Grace here, and I am joined today by Lindy Guevara. She is an intuitive Reiki master teacher and has been practicing that healing modality for 14 years. She's been attuned to the UC Holy Fire tradition as well as in Dr. Miyako UC's Reiki Crystal of Awakening method. Now, Lindy will let me know if I did not pronounce that correctly when I give her a moment to speak in just a second here. Lindy is a lifelong learner and she enjoys researching the many different ways Reiki can be used to heal. Her field of study includes spirituality, shamanism, journeying, and meditation. Lindy is passionate about bringing Reiki to as many people as possible and she is joining me now to talk about all things Reiki. Hi Lindy, thank you so much for being on the show. Hi Lauren, thank you for having me. The thing is, when I read people's bio, I'm always like, oh, wait a minute. I'm really interested in talking to you about journeying and shamanism, but (laughs) we're not going to do that today. We can always maybe set up a secondary interview because when we are dealing with these themes like Reiki, we really need the entire length of time. So I guess in your own words, can you tell me a little bit about how you first sort of got interested and uh, I guess introduced to the concept of Reiki? Yeah, yeah, so absolutely. Um, So my journey into the Reiki world was real gentle. It was just kind of like a nudging. You know, sometimes you hear people and they'll be like, oh, I had this big awakening and all this. And those are wonderful things, you know. But for me, it was like super gentle. I was taking a mediumship course. And um, in that course, my peers my classmates started talking about this, like the way they were saying it, it was a miraculous healing modality. And, you know, my ears kind of perked up. And what are you guys talking about? And it, it was like, they all knew, everyone knew about Reiki. And it was totally foreign to me. I'd never heard of it before. So talking with them about it, I was super intrigued. And I just said, well, I've got to know more because, um, I wanted, I I like to help people. And so I thought this would be amazing if I could help family and friends. This is, this is amazing. So read up on it. Um, 
and it didn't go much further. Like I, I read up on it, but then like soon afterwards, I went to a conference. Um, and it's like those spiritual type conferences um, yeah. where you can you can take workshops and then there's vendors and things like that. And there was a gentleman, a young gentleman, doing massage like for your neck and for your back, and he just like a, a chair massage. And people were raving about him. So you know, I had. A long day there, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go. I, I definitely wanna go get a massage from him. So signed up, got my massage. It was incredible. It was like next level. So afterwards, I'm talking to him, and I really felt like, I don't know, it, it was just like a release. Like, yeah, he was doing a massage on my neck and my shoulders, but it was a release, like of, I don't know, um, maybe like emotions or something. So I'm talking to him afterwards. He's a Reiki practitioner. So I just thought, oh my gosh, Reiki. And um, the more he talked, uh, the more I was convinced I, I needed to have Reiki incorporated into my life. So soon after, um, started doing some research, found a teacher, got my Reiki one, and then just kept, you know, the rest is history, just kept learning more about it. And then, um, going on to Reiki level two, then Reiki level three, and then just kind of expanding from there. So that's how I got started. Like I said, it was like real, like gentle, but it's almost like coincidence after coincidence, you know? Coincidence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And for our listener at home who is not watching the YouTube video, which we're now doing YouTube videos, um, Lindy was putting quotes around coincidences because we all know that coincidences are not necessarily just random. <laughs> right, right, right. It's, it was just the universe kind of like, you know, the universe, it, the divine, they they know me. They know that I don't like big, abrupt changes. I don't like big surprises. I, I need to just kind of be led little by little, you know, breadcrumbs. I have a friend that calls them breadcrumbs. So I just kind of followed the breadcrumbs and, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's so funny because it's almost as though when you're flowing with life, that's when these opportunities, at least in my experience, present themselves. It's kind of when you're going against the grain, you're making, when things become difficult, where you go, wait a minute, I'm not aligned here. But it sounds to me like you're just in grace and you're just flowing and then these experiences find their way to you or you're attracting yes. them. Yes, absolutely. So you did mention that Reiki is a healing modality. So um, for a listener at home, I did take my level one Reiki. So I do know a little bit, but it was a long time ago. I guess I would like it if you could describe a little bit about how Reiki sort of works, Lindy. You did mention that when you were getting your massage, you almost felt like there was this internal release, you know, is Reiki kind of I don't know, does it sort of get into your soul? Is, I mean, you kind of talked about it being hands-on there. Is it hands-on? Can you kind of talk a little bit more about how it sort of is practiced, I guess? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So I describe Reiki as a holistic energy healing modality. It's holistic because it concentrates on the whole individual, mind, body, spirit, emotions, it it doesn't just focus on it doesn't focus like on, on just one body part or one symptom or one ailment. It's not like take an aspirin for your headache. It's like let's delve in a little deeper and find out why you're getting these headaches, okay? Um, and heal at a at a deeper level. So that's the holistic part of it. 
And then the energy healing part is, you know, we we know um, through quantum physics, we know through uh, different scientists um, like Albert Einstein, um, that energy is all around us, right? And everything has energy. Um, depending on what the thing is that we're talking about, um, the frequency that it vibrates at is different. So Reiki energy, um, vibrates at a very high frequency that's used specifically for healing. Mm -hmm. So that's where we come to, you know, it's the holistic energy healing um, method. And you, there's, I love Reiki because you don't have to be in the same room to help, help the person. So um, with, um, with Reiki level one, um, I like to call that level, like for my classes, I call it healer heal thyself because Reiki level one is when you take the time to get to know the energy and you heal yourself first. Okay. Reiki level two is more, uh, and like, if you think about it, if you had a light bulb, right. And it's like a three-way light bulb, that very first Reiki level one, you're just turning it on to the very first level. And so then Reiki level two is um, now it's when you, step into the light, right? And you crank up to the next level uh, on your light bulb. And that's where um, more healing occurs because at this point in time, then you you reach out, you heal other people. You're able to heal um, in all manners of time and space. And if you're not familiar with Reiki, that might sound like it's not possible. It might sound like it doesn't work, <laughs> but I get really excited because it does work. Um, you can treat um, Reiki clients, family, friends um, who live across the world from you. Um, it Reiki's an energy and it, it travels, it, it travels. Um, so, so that's level two. And then um, level three, that's finally um, the master teacher level and, and the master title of it, there's no ego involved. It's more like, you're going to be a lifelong learner. You are dedicating yourself to Reiki. Um, you are going to live by the, the pillars of, of Reiki and um, you're going to teach it and you're going to bring it to as many people as possible. You're going to try to help and heal as many people as possible. So that is when the light bulb is like on full force on the third level. All right, that's great. I love that visual as well. So I do wanna to talk to you in a few minutes about some of the success stories, or I guess the miracles we could say that you've witnessed during your practice. And I also am really curious about whether or not you can kind of endeavor to heal people if you yourself are unwell. But before we get to that, I am sort of curious a little bit more about you know, I, I guess I always try to ask questions in case somebody at home is having an objection. So when I did my level one, and obviously this is a long time ago, so I'm just going off my own experience. What we essentially did is we, the person would lie down and then we would take our hands and like channel green light energy, I guess, from our crown out through our hands and then kind of hover the hands over the person and then work on healing them in that way. So I'm wondering if that's how you practice your Reiki or if that's just the standard. And then I'm also curious, how would you do that when you're talking about distance healing? Would you kind of imagine it in the same sort of way? Mm -hmm. Those are really good questions. Um, so 
with the um, Usui Reiki healing, um, there are symbols that are involved and you do use either a very light touch or you just hover, just like you said, like a, put your hands like a couple centimeters above um, the, the person that's receiving Reiki. And there are specific hand placements that you learn in class. Um, but then also you are encouraged to allow your intuition to speak to you, you know, and, and when we say that, um, it is really the divine that's communicating with you and telling you what to do, um, what area to spend a little bit more time on. So for example, a, a regular session may just start with me at the top like of the head, right? And then we go all the way down. We have these, you know, like I said, different positions. We go all the way down until we're at the, the feet, right? And um, and as I'm doing that, I might get a nudge, you know, that says you need to do this instead. Or remember you were at the heart chakra a little bit ago, you need to go back. And so I do that, you know, and I spend extra time there. Now, um, recently I was attuned to the Dr. Mikawa Sui Reiki Crystal of Awakening, um, also as a master teacher. And that is just um, like a, another, another level, another, you know, like another perspective of Reiki where um, I, I incorporate that into my regular practice. Um, the thing with that method is that everything is done energetically to the point where you don't have to use your hands anymore. Um, that one is a little bit different um, modality in that your vibration comes directly from your heart chakra and out. So it it's a lot of sitting still, really going deep into your meditation and envisioning and asking and intending uh, what you want done. So, um, so those are the, the two different modalities that I work with. Okay. That's so cool. One of the themes that I always, um, that comes up in these episodes with people all the time is like the concept of trust and also the concept of intuition and almost just listening to yourself and what's, you know, going to suit you. And so do you think that there's like a little bit of almost permission or grace within the Reiki modality to kind of come up with your own you know, sort of techniques or like variations that you kind of talked about there? Or do you sort of need to stick to a blueprint and then you can add on? Well, that's a really good question. Um, I think it depends on, um, I, I think it really just depends on who your teacher is, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So for example, I was taught these are these are the basic hand positions. Okay, um, if you veer away from them, it's because you're really getting called to do something a little different. Okay, um, and so it it is a lot of knowing. It's almost like I'm, I'm sure I'm sure you've heard of this. You have to who is that Picasso that said it? I'm not sure. Know the rules so that you know how to break them. So, right. Yeah. Right. So you, I feel like it's important to know the hand positions to understand why you're doing them. And then if you're feeling um, 
so called to do a different hand position, then that's fine. But you should really know, be yes. educated on what that the basic is. Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. It's almost as though you know, you know the foundation. You can tweak the foundation, but you know it's important to at least if you're going to say that you practice Reiki, that you understand what Reiki was built on. I guess the principles of Reiki. Yeah, and you know there there are many different styles of Reiki. So, um, so you know, Dr. Mikawusui, which is the lineage that I um, learned under. Um, before him, like he was around 1920s when he opened up his first clinic and when it, Reiki was rediscovered, you know, when he rediscovered it. But before him, there were like at least four other documented styles of Reiki, you know. Um, and so just depending which one you learned, you learn like either the 26 basic or you might learn 40. You know, it just kind of depends. And there's some really, really good books out there if you know, you're know you interested in a Reiki that show you above and beyond what those um, basic hand positions are. You know, it'll show you all these different variations, how to treat, um, you know, if someone comes in with a headache, so you give them, you know, the whole, you know, the, the, the whole Reiki um, experience, but then focus more on certain areas of the head or, you know, just kind of depending, anxiety is one thing, you know, so, there's so many different ways that you can move with with a, with a Reiki modality to help people. That's really cool. And maybe um, at the end of this, you can let us know about some of those books or even send me an email and I can just put them in the links in the show notes um, for our listener at home. So, Lindy, you did kind of mention you use the term the, the divine. And I kind of felt like you were using that in relation to, you know, some of the messaging that you were getting inside. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering whether or not your your Reiki healing comes from you or whether or not you do credit it to being from source or the divine or God or, you know, however people want to kind of label that. So it does not come from me. I'm I'm only the, the vessel. Right. Um, it does not come from me. Uh, I've been attuned to the Reiki energy, but really anyone that has an interest in it can be attuned to the Reiki energy. Right. Um, what happens when you're a Reiki practitioner is that the Reiki energy comes in through your crown, goes through your heart chakra and comes out the palms of your hands. <laughs> okay. And so um, what the Reiki energy does is it heals the Reiki practitioner first because it's coming through us and then it heals the, the receiver. Right. And so it, it doesn't deplete any, it doesn't deplete me. It doesn't make me tired. It doesn't take any of my energy and, you know, give it on to the the person receiving reiki yeah. um it is all divine energy so reiki um number one is love and it is healing okay it there's no negative side effects from reiki whatsoever you can never give too much reiki that's impossible um and uh and, and it's a good thing that the receiver is not getting any of my energy okay because it's yeah the receiver is getting divine energy. So, yeah, it's like you're the conduit essentially. Exactly. And in shamanism, um, we call that being the hollow bone. So oh, wow. just Oof. being, hollow. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it just being hollow, being very um, 
open, vulnerable, allowing, just allowing that energy to come through you. So a lot of times, you know, um, that's like a mantra I'll say, or, or sometimes before I start the Reiki session, I'll say, I am a hollow bone. And as I'm doing the Reiki session, I might do the, I might say the different mantras to myself. Um, the different symbols have mantras. I'll repeat them. Um, I'll say I'm a hollow bone. I'm a hollow bone. And so just these different, um, yeah, just these different mantras, affirmations, just help me as I'm doing the, the healing session. Yeah, I see how that would work because I guess if you're reminding, again, it comes back to what you're talking about before, which is your intention. So if your intention is to just channel and to be that hollow bone that like is funneling through that energy and as long as you continue to make your intentions known and clear, I guess, uh, then that that's it, so it is. Yes, yes. Exactly. And then just, you know, that reminder, because also that opens me up to receive any messages um, that I need to give the um, the client. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, all that just helps to get get me out of myself, you know, stop putting up those blocks in my mind or whatever. Just really opens me up yeah, so yeah. that I'm free to give. So one of the things that came to mind when you were speaking um, is like the power obviously of intention of trust and all that, but it's, it was also kind of the power of visualization. So I guess when I imagine you speaking, I, I kind of envision you in your mind's eye, seeing this energy coming down and out through your hands and into your, um, into your client. And I guess I'm wondering whether or not, you know, you need to really strengthen your, visionary abilities, I guess we could use for lack of a better word, your imagination as well, and sort of how you do that. Because I know that sometimes people have challenges with actually imagining the healing taking place or watching it kind of unfold, which in my experience has always been the way that you know that it worked is to actually witness it. Can you talk on that for a little bit? I can, I can. And um, I brought... I brought these photos or aura photos, and I know your listeners won't be able to see them, but maybe we can describe them, right? Yes. Um, this helps. I show this to my students. Um, so I'm sure you've heard of those like um, booths where you can get your aura photos taken. Yes, but I've never had one done, actually. Well, they're amazing. I think they're a lot of fun. Um, yeah. So I did this experiment where I went with a Reiki friend, a he was a Reiki client slash friend, turned friend. And as you know, when it, you know, once you start to give people Reiki, it's like you make a whole bunch of new friends because Reiki is so amazing. Yeah, yeah. Same as when you have a podcast. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So I wanted to do this experiment. And so we went in, both of us together, and we had our aura photo taken. And this was this was the first photo. So I'm going to put it right there. Wow. You can see it maybe. Um, you'll see that there's a lot of yellow. Okay. And some um, purple magenta right there. So, um, okay. So that is yes. pre-Reiki. Okay. The, the gold, I'm going to have this right here because 
hard to remember, so I brought my notes. So the gold um, is transformation, awakening, higher inspiration. And you saw that like all above us, right? All above us here on our head. And then um, the purple and the violet is intuition, creative, mystical, spiritual, um, intuition, and supernatural abilities. Okay. So that is just plain old us there, right? <laughs> just plain old. No big deal. <laughs> And, okay. and, <laughs> and then we went, we took a break. I gave him Reiki for 20 minutes. Okay. Gave him Reiki for 20 minutes. And then we came back and we had another photo taken. So I'd like for you to see the difference here. Oh, wow. Do um, you see in that heart chakra? It might not be as clear in the video, but there's green coming out of my heart chakra there. It's hard to tell which part of your body it is. So I just see for myself a lot of like just incredibly beautiful color. Like it's just mm -hmm. exquisite. And yeah, and there's this big, like, so before it was this beautiful purple and then topped with the golden yellow. And then now I guess yeah. it'll be maybe on the left side or yeah, right side. here. Yeah, right yeah. here. Like the some green is just green. gorgeous. Yep. And then look up here, that white. Right. So the green and and so at this and this photo I am still giving him reiki. So I've got my hand on his shoulder giving him reiki. And so you've you've got that that visualization, right? So that's how students can then visualize, uh -huh. oh, that's what reiki is. You've got this green coming out of my heart chakra for healing and growth. You've got the white which is the divine that's coming in and swirling around us. You, you remember that white that's right there? Yes, that yeah. is exquisite. Yeah. Wow. And then the the violet and the magenta is is there, right? It's still there, that, that spirituality, that supernatural ability. So yeah. it makes it, you know, like once people see a photo like that, then they're like, oh, so, so this is real. Like students are like, this is real. <laughs> yes. We learn about the chakras, we learn about the different colors. And so then it's easier for them to visualize, okay, so when I go in there, I'm just gonna be a conduit, I'm gonna do my Reiki session, and I'm just going to imagine the white light coming in and green light coming out. That's amazing. And for our listener at home, um, this is on YouTube. So you can just head to the Afterlight YouTube channel so that you can see that for yourself. It's about, um, well, you just look at the time that you're listening now. So probably around 27 minutes in or so. That's amazing, Lindy. I've actually never, believe it or not, I've never seen an aura photo before. <laughs> There's so much fun. If you get the chance to get one done, yeah, do it. And then what you might want to do, Lauren, is the same thing where you go in first and then you step out and you give yourself Reiki, your Reiki level one, give yourself Reiki, yeah. then come in and then see how that, that changes for you. Yeah. Okay. I will do that. And oh yeah, I need to universe. I would like to attract that opportunity, please. <laughs> um, yeah. It's so cool. I guess it just, you know, sometimes Lindy, I'm sure you can appreciate this. You know, when we, when we are talking about these subjects, you know, it just sometimes it's just so amazing that you just think, how can it be true when it's just so 
beautiful and powerful and incredible. And then when you get visions like that or visuals like that, it's almost like our validation that, yeah, my imagination is legitimate, <laughs> you know? It, it is real. Yes, yeah, it is real, yeah. And I have, um, uh, I can be super analytical, right? And so a lot of times you know, I'm like, yes, yeah, so I, I get, you know, I can hear people are saying it, made a difference to them, but I really need to see it and I need to study it. And really all you have to do is go out online nowadays. And there have been plenty of studies done on Reiki. And um, you know, there there have been controlled experiments on people, on animals, um, and and studies show that Reiki does um, make a difference with pain management. So there were studies done with extracting teeth. And they saw that uh, when given, when Reiki was given to an individual uh, before they got their tooth taken out, um, that they're, they were better able to handle pain. Um, they were able to see that pre-surgery, uh, people's anxiety levels decreased with Reiki. Post-surgery, um, patients didn't need as much pain meds. So they saw that um, pain decreased. Um, they've been able to see that um, Reiki has helped um, Alzheimer's patients with their cognitive abilities. So they've, they've tracked that. Um, yeah. And um, you know, even with depression, symptoms of depression, um, they've been able to see that that's, that's stress and depression decrease um, when people are given Reiki. So, so yeah, I mean, it's, it is more than just a feeling. I mean, Reiki really does work. We, we see it, we, we see the difference that it makes in our, um, our auras. And then um, we have studies that we can go back on now and say, wow, um, yeah, this really did work, huh? Who knew? <laughs> Amazing. I'd like to know in just a few minutes whether or not you have any personal stories of people that you've worked with and, you know, kind of maybe their transformation. But before that, I do kind of feel that it seems like a lot of spirituality, a lot of spiritual practices are kind of almost with a Reiki foundation in a lot of them. Is Reiki kind of like one of those fundamental skills that if you're going to get into, you know, healing as a modality, into spirituality as like a modality, um, I don't know if spirituality is modality actually, but I mean, if you're going to be exploring different modalities that you do kind of, you should put some emphasis on like practicing Reiki initially? Um, well, I, just it's my opinion, my humble opinion, that there should always be one Reiki practitioner in, in every family, in every household. Um, just because Reiki is, it's not anything you have to open up a book and memorize or spend years learning. Um, it is something that is fairly quick. Um, people can become, can be attuned to it fairly quickly. Um, and then once you're tuned to it, um, you can go home and you can learn more about it and learn different ways to use it. But just having that one individual at home know Reiki um, can just put their hands on you and on your shoulders, on your ankle, wherever, and just give you Reiki and help you out. I mean, that's super important in, in my opinion. Um, 
Now you you mentioned are you mentioned um you, know, you ask how important is Reiki maybe in learning these other spiritual modalities, right? Um, and I'm not sure how to answer that because I I feel like there's there's different. There's different ways, I think, that maybe uh, Reiki has been used throughout history. You know, like we hear the laying of the hands, you know, in some in, in religion, right? Yes. Um, and so I was taught that Reiki has been around since time, that, that people have always used Reiki, but maybe it wasn't always used by that name, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So... Um, so I'm not sure I really answered your question. <laughs> I guess it just comes down to, yeah, following your own path. It just seems like when people talk a lot about healing, they do talk about the concept of imagining the light and like, yes. you know, being the hollow bone and, and things like they don't use the hollow bone expression. I've never heard that before, but you know, this sort of concept, I guess, of being the channel. Yes. No. And I, I think, I think that does have some of the same elements yeah. that um, other modalities do, because of course that the divine white light, if it's not being channeled in through your crown chakra, people are wrapping themselves up in the divine light, you know, um, to, to do a number of things to like ease your anxiety for protection, you know, um, to cleanse in a room and environment. So yeah, like that white light is definitely very present. In, in a lot of the different, um, a lot of different things that we, we do in spirituality. Um, also that the heart healing, you know, um, looking at the heart chakra and, um, and sometimes when we meditate, you know, we always think about your heart kind of vibrating out this green light. So yeah, I don't think it's specific to Reiki. I think that we, you know, again, we, we, there's many like same, same little factors, yes. factors, right? That are used in, the, in around the world because at the end of the day, we're all using the same world. ingredient, which is yeah. source love. Right. Well, it's all yeah. connected. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's all connected, right? Yeah. I like that a lot. All right. If you're the hollow bone, Lindy, and you are, let's pretend you're unwell or you're having a rough day, okay? and you have a client book that day, can you actually be the conduit for a Reiki healing if you're not feeling at your optimum level? Because if you're the hollow bone, should it really matter? And then you were kind of talking about you receive a healing as well. So is it kind of like a bonus session <laughs> for yourself? <laughs> well, um, you know, if I am not feeling well that day, um, Depends. I I'll I will do some meditation on my own. I'll give myself Reiki um, because I like to go into the session feeling feeling ready, feeling whole. Yeah. Um. So if I am not well, I will have to move the session around. You know. Um. I understand, and, and I, I get the concept of it's not me, it's energy just going through me to the individual. But you know, before I have a Reiki session, um, a, a day before, I'm already thinking of the Reiki session coming up. So the day before, I'm prepping myself. I am sending Reiki. You know, we said that Reiki can be sent in all manners of time and space, right? So I'm sending Reiki to the future to that session. Um, I don't. 
I don't even have a sip of wine. Like I don't do any kind of alcohol prior. Um, I don't eat meat. Um, so there's different things that I do to prep myself, to get myself ready for that session. I want to show up the best version of me. So, so yeah, there's different things that I do prior to the session. And, um, and so if I get to that day and, and I'm not feeling well, then it's a message for me that I really need to step back and, and do, you know, do something more. I, I really got to figure that out. Um, because already if I'm putting so much effort into it and I'm still not there hundred percent, um, I think it's just a message for me that I, I need to look after myself a little, like a little while longer so that I can be present for the individual because we're, we're also holding space, you know? So when we're there for your Reiki client, you're holding space for them and for their healing. So you've got to feel well um, because like emotions will come up, you know, they, they're, they're probably going to want to talk about their experience after the session. I know that that's always happened with every single session I've ever done. Clients want to talk about what they experienced, what they saw, what they felt. So as a Reiki practitioner, you've got to be present for them and you've got to be able to like support them in that. Right. So that's why for me, it's important that I feel well when I go to the session so I can be there for them. That's good. I love that a lot. And I think that sometimes in life, you know, just kind of a general statement, really, when we've said we're going to do something, I think that very often we do it anyway, even if we're getting signs or, you know, kind of symptoms that maybe tells us tell us to like slow down or like re rebook that appointment or whatever, right. And it sounds to me as though you're honoring and checking in with yourself if you're getting that kind of almost an objection in a way um, from yourself about that. Yep, yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's super important. So um, I do have like many more questions. I do, I'm dying to hear about whether or not you have some success stories or miracles that you've witnessed yourself. But one just final question um, in relation to the healing part of Reiki. Do you need to get permission from somebody before you heal them? You did talk about the power of having a Reiki, somebody who understands Reiki in every family. You know, if somebody knows Reiki in their family, can they send healing love and light to their family or do they need to have permission from those individuals to receive it? Um, yeah, that's that's a really good question. And the answer is yes, you should always get permission from that individual. Um, there's, you know, there's a couple of instances where maybe you cannot get their permission because maybe they are, you know, we're going to go like worst case scenario. Maybe yeah. they are in a coma in the hospital. You know, maybe they can't, right? They can't give you that permission. So in those cases, what we do then is we go in, we meditate, and then we ask our higher self to ask their higher self if they want to accept the healing or not. And then, you know, kind of depending on what your background is, it could be like, I know in, in shamanism, we say we ask their gatekeeper or you might want to, you know, others say ask their spirit guide or, you know, but basically what you're doing is you're asking their higher self if they will accept the healing and um, you will get a knowing that's either yes or no. I always like to give my clients, um, friends or family uh, a way out when it's long distance like that and I, and I can't talk to them, I will ask for their permission ahead of, 
time. If it's a yes, I go forward with it. But then I always ask the Reiki energy to um, to ask prior. And if the answer has changed to a no, then to please go out and um, and heal Mother Earth. So whatever healing was going to go to that individual, if they change their mind at the very last minute, if there's a block or something, then so that healing is not wasted or you know whatever word you might want to use, I ask for that to go out to Mother Earth to heal her instead. So that. that's great intention, and yeah, that I like everything about that answer. That's perfect. All right, so um, just before you know, we're kind of getting to the sort of middle to the end of the of our conversation. Believe it or not, Lindy, I would love to hear some success stories of where you've maybe seen Reiki work for people. Uh, you did mention, you know, in the middle of our conversation earlier about all the ways that Reiki has been known to help and heal. Um, but I can't help but be curious as to whether or not you have some favorites that have stood out for you over um, the 14 years you've been practicing. Yes. Yeah, so um, there are there are um, a few. And so I'll tell you about them. Yes. Um, so one one instance was I was um, so I had a client come in and they they kind of made this like a little fun thing where um, three friends came in at the same time and so it was like one friend right after the other right um, and the one friend um, went in and so I was doing Reiki on her then all of a sudden she she started saying. Um, that hurts, that hurts, stop, that hurts, stop. Well, as you know, with Reiki, you don't twist and turn, you don't manipulate anything. You're just yeah. like holding your hands at a certain spot, you know, and, and yeah. around where she was saying, this is right around like her heart area, right? And something told me, um, or a voice just kind of said, just kind of guiding me through it. And I'm, and, and as you know, in Reiki, we often work with spirit guides or archangels, um, and I'm no different. I work with the archangels and with my um, with my teachers, my spirit guides. Um, and so the voice was just telling me to pause, to kind of help her calm down a little bit, kind of connect with her. And I just said to her, um, you know, you're okay. I need you to take a really deep breath right now. Okay. Let me just have you take a deep breath. And so I focused right around her heart area as she was breathing in and out. I was breathing in and out with her and we were doing it together. And then all of a sudden floodgates open up and she's crying and crying and crying. So after the whole session is done and over with, we talk, we have a little debriefing, right? And so we talk about what had happened. So what had happened was that when she was feeling pain, it was her, it was blockages that were just releasing. She was in so much grief um, when her parents had died and she was still dealing with that, with all the emotions, right? She hadn't allowed herself to really grieve. Um, fully and um and it turned out this parent was really like her best friend right um so what reiki was doing for her is um helping release that block allowing her to feel um, that emotion accept it and then as she's 
crying. That was a releasing of all this grief that she had had pent up inside, right? So that was amazing. That was amazing because then after the session, she was like coming to terms with her emotions about the death, right? And um, and as she's leaving, she feels lighter. Um, of course, you know, she's super thankful. She didn't think anything like, like that was going to happen. Yeah. And we, we talked about how the pain that she was feeling, it was really a, a physical manifestation of her emotions, right? Um, and, and, you know, and, and so even she said, I don't know how that could have hurt because I wasn't doing anything to her, you know? Yeah. And so that was just like her, like, we, we even worked on, you know, her moving. So as I'm giving her rake, I'm saying, breathe in, breathe out. Let me have you move this way. Let me have you move. And as she's moving, as I'm giving her reiki, as she's breathing, that's when that release came. So, so that was really beautiful to, to witness. And of course, as she comes out and she tells her friends about it, they're all thinking the same thing's going to happen to them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's and, so powerful. And that's life changing. Like you've just changed the course, the trajectory of that woman's life and everyone she meets along the way. Yeah. Yeah. It's so powerful. So that was, uh, that was beautiful. And another one that has always stuck with me is I had a, a client come in um, who had issues with her joints. So she had a, a degenerative disease that um, affected her joints and she had trouble just doing things like going up and down the stairs or even like reaching for things. Um, and so I worked on her um, and she enjoyed coming. So she had like three, four sessions, you know, like it was like once every two weeks and she'd come in like once a month, you know, and just kind of like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And then every time she came in, you know, I, Sometimes you can't really tell because some people can be pretty guarded, but I thought, well, as I'm working on, I'm like, okay, well, I'm getting a feeling of happiness, kind of relief. So I'm like, okay, so sometimes I will feel what the client is feeling, right? And so I'm like, okay, so this is all like positive. This is all good news, all good emotions that I'm feeling. So then at the end, she tells me, you know, I feel great. And I'm like, yes, I, I, that's great. And, <laughs> and I thought so. I'm like, that's great. And so she told me that um, she had invited some people over. It was the holidays. So she invited friends and family over um, uh, pre-COVID. And she found herself reaching for, um, she found herself first going down to the basement, you know, just going down the basement. She um, was going up high, going down low, getting out pots and pans and saucers and all kinds of things. And then going and carrying all these things up the stairs. And it wasn't until she got up the stairs and put everything down on her counter that she said, wait a minute, that didn't hurt. That didn't hurt. And so she was telling me how, you know, it had been years that she had been able to feel that way and just do things without thinking, I got a brace for the pain. 
I got to, I got to brace myself or, you know? And so that was awesome. Cause she says like, you know, she was cooking and she was like moving up the stairs, down the stairs and carrying heavy things. And even her husband was saying, do you need help with that? Are you okay? And she was like, Nope, I got it. I got it. I got it. So that's another way that I saw Reiki kind of little by little by little ease her, her joint pain. So that's so wonderful. I love that. You know, it sounds to me that, you know, when you do your Reiki sessions that you're often dealing with people who have ailments, who are struggling with grief, who have blockages, you know, things that you've sort of mentioned. I guess I can't help but wonder how you protect yourself, even though you're a conduit, you're a hollow bone, you're not, you know, hopefully not taking on other people's stuff. Do you have a protection kind of tradition that you do to ensure that you aren't taking on? people's stuff because it also sounds like you're empathic so that might be difficult yeah absolutely so I protect myself with visualization um ask the archangels for protection and then with crystals um so um I'll go through my little spiel <laughs> my little process yeah I'd love to hear that so when I go into the Reiki room first of all I cleanse it and I charge it with my Reiki symbols right? Um, cleanse it of all negativity and I charge it up with the um, divine energy and healing energy that is Reiki. Okay, so I do that. And then once I'm there, I will ask Archangel Michael to protect me. So I say my, you can call it a prayer, um, request, you know, so I, I reach out to Archangel Michael and I visualize him wrapping me up in his um, blue bubble of protection, okay? And so I, I, I envision that blue light around me, then the white divine light around that, um, and then I'm protected, okay? Another way you can do this, one of my teachers taught me, is that you can envision that you are inside a purple triangle, and then you draw the um, chokurei, Reiki symbol, you visualize that, and you draw it, and, and over you and over the triangle. So that's another way. If you're a Reiki practitioner, you can protect yourself. That's okay. cool. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and so then while I'm there, I always go wearing my crystals. I've got a fluorite bracelet that I wear. Um, I'll have amethyst in my pocket. I've got an onyx in their pocket. I mean, I'm like, I just bring out, and I always have amethyst, uh, chunky crystal on my shelf because amethyst is really good for a lot of different things but one of the things that it does is it um absorbs negativity right so that's it's a great protection stone um, yeah it's good for a lot of things creativity is one of them but um yeah for absorbing negative energy yeah. and then when i'm all done with all that i'm done with the sessions for the day i take a selenite wand and then i just comb my whole aura with it and i envision all the negativity just like getting stuck to the selenite wand so that's what oh, i do wow i freaking love that where did you get a selenite wand um i have them <laughs> you sell them I do. I do sell them. Yeah. All right. Well, we're about to find out how people can get a hold of you. So we'll make sure we we message that in there. That sounds so cool. I just think that, you know, it, it can't be driven home enough about protection and cleansing. Get it? No, no, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely not. Because, you know, even if, 
even if you know people don't really mean to send you their energy you know but that's like chords and and i'm sure you're familiar with chords um people you know they they see you as a healer right and 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 i always feel really like i don't know like that that's i don't like to be called that because i feel like i don't know you're a conduit <laughs> Yeah, I'm, that's huge. You know, I'm not, I'm not doing anything. I don't have any special powers. <laughs> I am, you know, so I'm not a doctor. I don't have special powers. I'm a Reiki practitioner. You know, it's like very different, but people see you as a healer and they want to connect with you. So even if they don't mean to, they might, you know, put out cords to you. Right. And, and it kind of attach themselves to you. Um, and so at the end of the day, you cut your cords, you know, you want to make sure that when you go home, all the energy on you is, is your energy that you're not carrying someone else's anxiety or their fatigue or their, you know, whatever their pains and symptoms and things like that. Yeah, and for our listener at home as well, we have a really cool episode um, with Kiandra, and she is an, uh, talking all about being an empath and like how to deal with that. So if you you know looking for the next episode after this one, I would definitely head and check that one out because it's super super important to know that. So um, Lindy, we're just getting near the end of our conversation. I really enjoyed talking to you. Um, before I find out maybe some of those books you mentioned off the top and also how people can get a hold of you, I would like to know, you know, I guess kind of my final, my second final question mm -hmm. is that, you know, do you meditate every day? What's sort of your spiritual practice and what would you recommend um, if people are wanting to, you know, kind of get into Reiki themselves or just at least connect with the divine a little bit more? Yeah. Um, I meditate about three times a week. So um, I'm, I'm not at that part where I'm so disciplined that I do it seven days a week. I don't. Um, yeah. I do it three times a week. and you know, if we're talking about meditation, I always tell people start with like five minutes of quiet time, um, then gradually go up to 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Um, you know, it's for me, it's a luxury. So, you know, we're, you know, we have very busy schedules. We it's like same for everybody nowadays. Everybody's like so busy. You know, you can't take 20 minutes, half an hour out of your day to meditate. But I will say that. When I take the time to do a longer meditation, I do feel better that day. I feel better the following day, you know? Um, so sometimes I can only do a short meditation. Sometimes I can do longer, but it does help. And I think that for anyone wanting to get into Reiki, uh, meditating helps a lot because it, it, focus, it, it makes you stay in the present number one. Number two, it opens you up to receive messages from the divine. So for example, when I'm doing a Reiki session, the reason I like to meditate beforehand is because um, it makes it, it clears my mind and makes it easier for me to receive messages for the client. So whether it's something I see, uh, like a vision, or maybe it's something I hear, um, I need to clear my mind and be present in order to give that message, right? In order to get it, in order to give it. Yeah. Um, and I find that 
when I meditate, it just helps in so many different ways, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. that. We had um, one episode, um, actually, it's one of our first few episodes on the afterlight with a woman named Sandy Turkington. And she just explained it in a way that I'd never been taught it before. It was sort of around the idea that when you meditate, you almost have, um, I don't know if she explained it exactly like this. So I'm adding my own spin on it now, I suppose. But you almost have two channels. And when you're meditating, you're listening from one channel. And when you're not meditating, you have like the other channel. And it's exactly what you said. When you're opened up and you're meditating, you're you're allowing that channel to free flow mm -hmm. as opposed to almost putting it through our human mind and our personalities that we've kind of taken on here. Yeah, right. It's um it's like the filter. We're not we're filter. we are we're not putting it through our, our ego filter. You know, a lot of times you might think, oh, did I just say that? Oh, is it just my imagination? Oh, this can't be it. Well, <laughs> Once you meditate and you open yourself up, it's also that trusting, right? You you quiet your mind, you get your brain out of the way, you get your ego out of the way, and you're like, all right, you know, divine, whatever, God, goddess, whatever, you know, you you went to call universe. Um, you know, I, I'm trusting you. So whatever you tell me, you know, let me know. What do I need to tell this client? What do I need to tell so and so? for her healing process, for her healing journey or his. So, yeah. 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 It's perfect. And you know, it comes down to trusting, like you said, and just not filtering that through anything other than, you know, just saying it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. Well, Lindy, thank you so much for being on the show. I've really enjoyed um, our conversation today. Thank you for your time and uh, your wisdom. Um, I would love to have you back talk about shamanism. You talked about some really cool things with Gatekeeper and Hollow Bone. That was just, you know, little like golden nuggets there, which I'd love to explore further at some point if you're keen on that. Um, how can people sort of get into Reiki if they'd like to? Can you um, throw out some of those book titles if you know any of them oh. off the top? Otherwise, I can throw them in the show notes. And also, how can people get a hold of you? Because I'm sure um, I'm not going to be the only one Googling how to get <laughs> a wand from you. <laughs> So let me scoot over here for a second. Ah, I brought all my books. <laughs> Perfect. So um, there are lots and lots of really good books out there for um, people that want to learn more about Reiki. And these are just a few of my favorites um, that I have. So this one's called Reiki for Life by Penelope Quest. Really, really good one. Um, this is the spirit of Reiki. Right there. I recommend this one um, because it. this is the book that shows you a lot of the different hand positions, like above and beyond the basic ones that we learn in class, right? This is an amazing book. Um, Women Are Healers is a really, really good one, too. Oh. Um, and then Intuitive Reiki for Our Times. It's excellent. And the last one, you'll see this used in a lot of classes, um, Essential Reiki by Diane oh, Stein. Yes, mm -hmm. I think I actually have that book in Canada. Time to get it shipped to you, right? Yeah, it is. I was just thinking that. I was like, oh, wait a minute. But the, some of those other books, I've never seen them before. And um, I buy all my books on 
I'm not affiliated with this company, but I should be probably book depository because it's free shipping. So although in, you know, you're in the States, so Amazon is a little bit probably your default. Yeah. Well, what I like to do also, Lauren, is just go to these like older, I don't know how to say it, like uh, they're almost like thrift shops for books where you see like the older yeah. books there. And those, I mean, those are a treasure trove a lot of times. That's why I, I pick up some of these self healing books because they're, I don't know, they're super interesting. So, um, yeah. so those are some different books. And um, I think if anyone is really interested in learning Reiki, um, they can always like Google who is in their area. Um, but I would say do your research yeah. because it's really important to know. It's important to ask questions of your future or potential teacher. It's important to know where they learned Reiki, from whom, how long they've been studying it, um, you know what their what their different branch is uh, specifically. You know that that they studied. Um, ask questions. Don't be embarrassed. It's um, it's it's good to know. It's good to be informed. Yeah, because really, you know, you don't know these people if you're right. just Googling them. And it's, you know, it's kind of the whole like running it through your filter um, and then seeing whether or not it resonates with you. Right. And I will say that um, I'm an Usui Holy Fire Reiki master teacher. So anyone that is Holy Fire can give the attunements um, online. So as long as we're looking at each other, we can give the attunement. So not all Reiki branches do that. And the Holy Fire is one of those where we can, uh, we, we can do that. And, um, and so, you know, if you're interested, I also do classes, I do one on ones. Uh, but really, whoever you go with, make sure that you are compatible with their energy. It is super important. And one thing that was important for me is that I always want to be available for my students. So just because I give you a class today doesn't mean I'm going to forget about you next year. I'm always available, and I I like that. I I think it's important because um, as Reiki practitioners, we need to support each other. Um, we need to help each other. And if one person has a question and you know I can answer it, then that's really how the modality is going to remain strong. You know, if we help. Yeah. Agreed. And I think, um, you know, one of our previous guests was talking about how when you light your own light and everyone lights their light together, we all burn brighter or something to that effect. And yeah. So um, if people want to get a hold of you, they can head to holistictherapyoasis.com and then they can also check you out on Instagram, Lindy underscore Reiki Master. And that's L-Y-N-D-Y. But I'll put all the links for Lindy in the show notes as well. Some links to those fabulous books that she has mentioned. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I have really um, appreciated your time. Is there anything I didn't ask that you wanted to mention? No, no. I mean, I, I had a great time. I had a great time. Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, it was, it was so much fun. <laughs> it was fun. Thank you. Hi, thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you. New episodes every Thursday.